Hello, and welcome to Leading Ladies of Montana Real Estate, a show about buying and selling homes in Montana and the power realtors and power lenders that make that happen. We are your hosts, Colleen Wood. And I'm Alicia Retz. Each week, we will discuss the housing market, how to navigate it, and what questions you need to be asking yourself along the way. But that's not all. We will also dive into how to navigate the ins and outs of being leaders in business and how to build a robust and dynamic team within that business and navigating the world as a career-driven professional, all while raising a family. Join us as we share our highs and lows in real estate, business ownership, and motherhood. Okay, so we need to talk about some meat here. We need to talk about some appraisals. Appraisals are a hot topic right now. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> I'll second that. I'll second that. <laughs> okay, so we are also get Leland again today. What? I'm so excited. I'm more excited. Thanks Thank again you. for coming over. We really appreciate that. Yeah, I love seeing you girls. It's a long My drive. Pleasure. And also, we're just going to be peppering questions at you. We need your help, Colleen. Okay, okay. Yeah, realtors here. This is, okay. Yeah. Help You're, us, help us, help us. What are you seeing? <laughs> yes. So when you get a mortgage on anything, generally, most times, eight times out of 10, you're going to have to have an appraisal. And really what that's doing is we're just, as an investor, we're just double verifying that the property is worth what you're purchasing it for. Because in the event of your foreclosure, we want to make sure that we can get our money back. So that's, blame you. that's the purpose of the appraisal on the lender side of it. You know, and it also just kind of gives the the buyer some support that, you know, that they're purchasing the property for what it's worth. But hey, in this crazy market, when people are buying like 14%, 20% over listing price, you can imagine that we're having some challenges in the appraisal department. So we are seeing some appraisals come in short, meaning that, you know, the house, you know, went under contract for $720,000 and it's only worth $700,000. And we have a $20,000 shortage. And as a lender, you know, we are, we have to use purchase price or appraisal, whichever is lower. So everything, if the appraisal comes in short, that means all of our numbers are readjusted to the appraised value, but you're still under contract to purchase the property for $20,000 more, which means as the buyer, unless you are going to walk away from the contract, you have to come up with an additional $20,000, which in some people's cases you know, or a lot of people's cases, honestly, they don't have $20,000 extra. Yeah, right. Totally. totally. So Leland, what are you doing? Because the market is so tight for buyers right now to overcome appraisers. Are you having your buyers write it up for purchase or for list price, not purchase price? Are they able to come up with that difference? What are you, what are you seeing? Yeah. And there's always like this fine line of like, I want to respect the appraisers and I know they want to respect us. Like in Missoula, what we're trying to do right now is like we're in the surrounding areas. We're kind of trying to like have better relationships with appraisers, right? Because we all have a position in a transaction. So we're seeing escalation clauses in Missoula. Some agents or brokers just aren't even taking them. So that is kind of nice. But As far as appraisals go, I had my first ever appraisal come in low this year and my heart stopped. Heart stopped. Your first one? First ever. And we don't have them very often in Missoula because our market, like we're writing offers $50,000, $100,000 over asking on like a $500,000 home. And so I disputed it because I did win this one. What? Yeah, I did win this one. Yeah. It was an interesting situation. And then I had another appraisal come in again, low a couple months later, and I disputed that one and I lost that one. So, I mean, you just have to have transparent conversations with your clients. I think first and foremost, like there's only so much we can do. You know, if, if we're writing offers 50 grand over the list price, I'm assuming that 
the listing agent is doing their job and they're listing that property for market value. So if we're writing offers for 50 to $100,000 over, we just have to have those conversations with our clients like, hey, if this doesn't appraise, do you have the liquidated cash to bring to closing? On top of the money you are already going to bring. Right. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yep. That's yeah. that's a good point. And that's yeah. where you come in because there's probably a lot of brokers that don't talk about that. And, you know, we've seen, and, and this is met in the utmost of respect, but we see a lot of realtors who maybe have never had a mortgage themselves and really don't understand the ins and outs oh. of it. And so they don't really understand that, you know, that full shortage is going to have to be picked up in cash, not financed, not on a credit card, not any other way. They have to have it literally in cash. And so what we are seeing a lot when this is happening, and we can we can do a lot of different things. We can shuffle some things around. Generally, what I end up doing is having them reduce their, you know, their down payment um, just to a more, you know, a minimum down payment instead of doing 20% down. We maybe have them do 5% down and then pay their mortgage insurance up front to kind of fill in the blank so they don't have the monthly mortgage insurance. They just pay that premium up front. That's one route to be able to kind of counterbalance that, you know, and you know, we do always suggest if you have an appraisal that comes in short, we do send it to both agents and let them know like, hey, you guys have an appraisal now. You can take it to the seller and, and you know, let them know that the expert in the market has suggested that their property is worth less than you guys came to agreement on. Most of the time in a seller's market right now, they're like, yeah, but we can put it right back on the market and somebody else will come That's in. That's what and, I was going to ask if you're yeah, seeing yeah. them negotiate or the seller should no, say no. They're not. They're That's not negotiating. Well, and I mean, just to backtrack a little bit with, about our legal and binding contracts, you know, there's an appraisal contingency that we can check or leave unchecked. If it's unchecked, you have to have conversations with your client about that. If yes. it's checked, then they have to know that the sellers might not be willing to split the cost, cover the cost, whatever that is, and they might lose the property. Right. So if there's any transparent conversations, people like yep. always yeah. up front. Yep. I always want to remember so much easier in the end. Mm-hmm. I always want to remember too, that we could have people that are just looking to purchase in Montana, you know, listening to this. So they might not know what an appraisal contingency is, but there, there are a few contingencies on a buy-sell agreement that protect you in the event that there is an issue. A contingency allows you to be able to part ways with a contract, be, allows you to walk away without losing your earnest money. If so, yeah, yeah, you can negotiate. You're not legally bound to that contract in the event that one of the contingencies is not met. So on the appraisal contingency, it says that the property generally, it says that the property has to appraise for purchase price. And so if it doesn't, then you have a reason to be able to walk away. But we, what we are seeing a lot of times for people that are trying to be competitive is they're not checking the appraisal contingency box. They're not even checking the inspection contingency box. And because they're just trying to be competitive. But in that event, like we were saying, Leland, like, you know, if they don't have that contingency in there, they're legally bound to buy that property no matter right. what it appraises for. And I go back to the broker agent about that. I mean, that's just sloppy. You have like your clients have to be educated on the process. Yeah. Nobody in their right mind is going to uncheck that and say, yeah, I have the $50,000. And then that happens. And they're like, oh, wait, no, I don't have the $50,000. Or what if it's what if it's more than that? Right. You know, like, like just so an appraiser is having a bad day and decides to make it worth nothing. Yeah, Let's talk you, about that. Yeah. Well, I mean, what if you, what if you are under contract for $2 million and it appraises for a million? We were just talking about that, you know, like some shortage, but all of right. that, are yeah. you really able and willing to fill in that blank? My competitive buyers that have the money, what we're doing to protect them yeah. is we'll pay the difference between the purchase 
or the list price and yep. the appraisal. Yep. So that's been a really good protection. So if we only go like 12 grand above and it doesn't appraise, we'll say, okay, well, we'll pay the list price because that's what you guys think it's worth. And that's been, so, okay, you know, worst case, you have to come up yeah. with 12 grand. And I think that's been a really good protection. I do the same thing. Mm-hmm. That is so important. I love that. I'm so glad you brought that's that up. That's a great idea. Yeah. I yeah. haven't seen that come across my desk that's yet. Where, if, if they can do that and they know what the worst case scenario yeah. is, that's been a way we've been able to be really successful in getting some deals done or and I, still protecting them. I love that. And Or what I've been doing, and I'm sure you've been doing too, and I don't know if you've seen these come across your desk, is we will check the appraisal contingency and we'll say, so the property is listed for a million dollars. The property must appraise for X. So like, right. you know, 900 Right. My clients have a hundred grand to cover it. But if it goes below that, like sellers, you need to. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because there has, there just has to be some guidance in there because like you say, what if the, an appraisal is one person's opinion on one day, you know, that's supported by comparable properties that have sold generally within the last six months, generally within a reasonable mile radius, you know, not very far. And so, especially if you have a very special property, you might not have a lot of comparable properties, which can definitely affect the value because, you know, they just don't have anything to compare right. to. So, you know, we see that pretty commonly on some of these special properties that we have. You know, what's uh, really interesting, and I kind of already know the answer to this, but just want you to tell people, is what type of communication can you as a lender have with the appraisal? You know, ever since HVCC came into play, you know, it used to be long ago that when we needed an appraisal, we just called our favorite appraiser and and let them know that we had a contract and we needed an appraisal. And she would just be like, oh, thank great. And, you know, and she would go out and, and do the appraisal. We had regular communication with appraisers. You know, oftentimes too, you know, the selling agent had regular communication with appraisers. Nowadays, Nobody that's involved with the transaction is allowed to communicate with the appraiser about value. We actually have to have an AMC, so an appraisal management company who's a third party in between us and the appraiser. They actually take care of ordering the appraisal. They actually rotate through a roster of appraisers that can do the order and and they communicate with the appraiser as a liaison. Um, The buyers can't ever communicate with the appraiser and neither can the sellers. The only one that can access, has access to the appraiser is the listing agent and they better not be talking value. What about a buyer's agent? A buyer's agent, I mean, they could let them in, but they're not supposed to be talking value. And that's one thing that I learned when my appraisal came in low and it actually was a Bozeman lender. And she's like, Leland, I cannot call them. Like the selling agent agreed, the the I agreed as the buyer's agent and the lender agreed that the value was off. But she's like, I can't call him, but you can. So I did. And we exchanged a couple of conversations. Once the report is in. Once the report is in. We exchanged a couple of conversations, but that kind of died because I disputed it. Right. So So then there's a proper dispute process. So then the proper dispute process is you guys have to give us five comparable properties that were not used. And to say, you know, to, you know, insert these and say, why weren't these five properties uh, used in, in your consideration of value? And, you know, they, they have to comment back on them. And in some instances, they could just be like, oh, I didn't know that. Or they didn't know that this one sale was a distressed sale. Um, so they just, you have to give them more information. And, and there's a process in order to be able to submit that information again through the AMC. A question that we get a lot from buyers is, oh, do I order my own appraisal? Do I just call, you know, like, because they order their own inspection. And commonly, they think that those two things are one and the same. Um, they're not. Home inspection is not not your home appraisal. So they think that they can just call somebody up and have somebody go over there. So no, I absolutely. <laughs> There's a pro- yeah, me too. Yeah. I, yeah. Okay. So on the selling side, though, because they almost always call to access the property through me. Yeah. I send them all of our buy sells. 
Oh yeah, you send. Oh, you send the buy sells of like if we have no of like if we have like twelve offers on it, mm-hmm. and one's like super super high. Like if we get that crazy percentage yeah. above asking, you send them all of them. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. And that way they know like so this is market value. Yeah, like this is what the home is worth. Even <sighs> so, am I not supposed to do that? Is that no? Tech, because it's not. It's not. Yeah, they're putting them in the garbage. Because here, I mean, I mean, yes, I see what your idea behind it is, is that we have 12 people who are willing to pay this value on the home. But appraisals in our industry are absolutely based on other comparable sales, right. not comparable interest. I know. So, see, and it's, it's, sell, it's sold properties. So if nothing has like, if you've got the one like hobbit house that li- that's under a mound, you know, it has to be compared to other hobbit houses under a mound. If you only have one, you know, you're the only one, you're going to have a really hard time finding comparables. Yeah. And it doesn't matter that a hundred people put in an offer a hundred thousand over. Right. So that's what I've yeah. come up against quite a few times, but you're talking about that there's no comparables. Yeah. I've had it three times this year where an appraisal wouldn't take it because not that it didn't appraise, no. but that there are no comparables. There are, there's nothing to appraise. Right. And that was like, wait, what? Like how, yeah. Yeah. like it, and that was- it's a highly wanted property. Yeah. But there's like, um, they're always, you know, off-grid prop, not necessarily off-grid because you need to get the financing, but think something out weird just something that they you yeah. just can't find anything that's similar to it. Like how how does that even, yeah, yeah talk to us about that. Because so, that was whirlwind. Yeah. You know, if you cannot, a lot of times if you have a weirdo property, you know, you can't get an appraiser to pick it up. And it's because they feel like they just can't deliver, right? And most of the time for that situation, I yeah, I mean, they just can't, they can't deliver the report for you because they don't have anything, you know, to compare from. So a lot of times with that, you just end up having to get bank financing, somebody that's, that's willing did. to, that's what we've done. to just, just look, in-house. yeah, to look at the property. You know, here's another argument that we're getting a lot too, is that, you know, the cost of everything to build right now is through the oh, roof. So crazy. And so we have everybody like saying, yeah, but if you were to try to rebuild this, the cost of replacing this house would be way higher than what we're actually selling it for. So that should guarantee what the value is of the home because, you know, you couldn't even build it for that much. We hear that line all the time. I hear it probably once a day. All the time. And, And so it's, but circling back to what our appraisal process is in the United States, it has to be based on comparable sales. We can use some listings, um, can can generally sometimes be factored in, but they have a weighted percentage. I think it's like 90% of listing price is what oh, they can use. But in our market, you know, we're selling 105% is our yep. average or 103% yeah. Yeah. is our average of listing price. So it's not, you don't really want those listings to be brought into the mix. You really want sales. I have a really good question for you because this is um, a conversation that I had with an appraiser. The appraisal that came in low that I disputed, long story short, the appraiser said, how many offers did it get? And the listing, it got like 10. Yeah. And so she said, she was lovely. She was really trying to pull for this, but she said, tell your lender, like tell their lender that, or I will, or, or she couldn't communicate with the lender, but she's like, tell their lender that because sometimes banks, and you can explain this to me because I'm not educated on this. Sometimes banks will make an exception because the market is telling you as a lender that the house is worth what that would definitely be like an in bank a bank a bank you know not okay. uh, like not not a secondary market lender that the lending committee was willing to think outside the box okay. because in secondary market lending there's no thinking outside the box okay. there's either you fit in the box or you don't Got because it. if you it's when you go to sell the loan on the secondary market and you loaned more than 80% of what it what it was worth and you didn't require mortgage insurance or something like that that makes it an unsellable loan yeah okay. so yeah. so they yeah. want to keep they'll have to keep it on their books yeah. credit committee will do 
their That'd be whole like a private bank maybe or private something. Bank. Yeah. 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 So local, private in-house yeah. bank, your, us, your local, local banks. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes, you know, local banks can even pick up an appraisal that was done by somebody that, that's not able to do it. You know, we can transfer appraisals. We can, we can also transfer appraisals into if somebody, you know, needs to switch lenders. Generally, too, a question that we get is, oh, well, we got a bad appraisal. Can we get another one? No. No, once you have an appraisal, so if I have a transaction and the appraisal comes in 50 grand short, you know, I'm stuck with that appraisal. I can try to get a reconsideration of value. I can argue it. You guys help me by getting comps. We can argue it. That, of course, is going to delay your closing. All of those things is happening. But once that reconsideration of value has come in and this is the new value or it didn't move at all, then we're stuck with it. Yeah. So the only thing you can do is start over fresh with another lender entirely. And then try to keep it under contract, Oof. but like and do it another 45 it days. Yeah. That's going to yeah. be rough. Which is super hard. And so, I mean, in our market, you know, these appraisals are can can make or break the deal. A question that we get often is I'll have a realtor call and say, what do we need? How much down payment do they need to do in order to get in a waiver? And there's an appraisal waiver. There's not a certain dollar amount. It's just, a, you know, realtors just have never had a mortgage or they never had it explained to them. There are property inspection waivers, we call them. We call them a pew, property inspection waiver. <laughs> Sometimes we get lucky where uh, either Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac is accepting the value of the home based on the big secret database that they have out there because they do have a database now that, you know, they know what comparable properties have sold for in the market. They know what the house sold for two years ago. They're willing to accept the value of the home. And and the rest of the file is, you know, we have great credit. We're putting a yeah. good amount down. It's a good risk. And so they're willing to accept the value of the home. And so, but there's not like a specific number where they put like 40% down and now they don't have to have an appraisal. Right. Or another thing too, and maybe you can educate our audience on this too. If you have a $600,000 house under contract and your buyers are putting down three hundred, dollars I think a lot of, and this is how, where we come in and we educate our clients, they're like, oh, then it only has to appraise for $300,000, right? And yeah. it's like, no, no, no. No. Then Lenders look at the whole entire package. Yeah. So I don't know if you have any insight on that, but that, is, that comes up a lot. So the lender is looking for, you know, if, if they're going to give you 50% financing, they're looking to make sure that the property is going to appraise for 50% more right. than the loan. Right. Or right. 100% more than the loan, right? Yeah. So they, they're looking for the whole picture. It's the scenario. We're doing 50% loan to value on a $600,000 property. If that property only appraised for 300, guess what? They're only going to give you 150. Right. That's kind of a hard one to explain. I've run yeah. into that quite a yeah. few times and I keep breaking it down, like writing it down and really... But I, I understand how that's a hard one for them to understand. To and like, again, that's what? our job yeah. to help break that down. So you probably don't know the num- actual number on this. And we're making it sound like this happens a lot. For me, I d- maybe only 10% of transactions, we're having issues with appraisals. What are you seeing for About actually? 5%. It, yeah, it's probably it is. It is devastating though. It is. It, it's, it's devastating. the last thing that happens. It's the very you last thing. inspection. Yeah. You have your movers ready. Yeah, your stuff's Talk in boxes. Tension. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, your stuff's in boxes. Yeah. You know, the realtors are already counting their commissions. You know, well, like you bought that Louis Vuitton bag. No, yeah, <laughs> or she already or bought like, it. What do I need to put in the pile of this transaction to get it done? Yeah, not enough. I mean, there's there's yeah. a lot. Yeah, that's too much. That's too much to fill in the blank. So, you know, I mean, the, it is, it comes in, it, the appraisals are taking a long time. It's generally the last thing that we need before clear to close. And yeah, and it comes in short and everybody just goes, oh. Everybody. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. Stops. Yeah. yeah. And you know, it is, it's just really, 
It's, it's really hard. And, you know, something that we hear a lot is that, oh, you know, these realtors are just setting these prices so high because they just want to make all this money. Well, that's why we have appraisals. Exactly. Because the realtors don't set the market. No. The, the comparable sales set, set the market. And if you, especially when you have like a cash offer situation where there's a lot of people coming in with cash and they're paying 105% of the listing price, guess what? That cash offer just became a new comp. Yeah. And so step by step, as we continue to have price people paying 105% or 101% over listing price, we are very strategically like stepping higher, higher into our market. But every single time that we have an appraisal that comes in and supports that value because the market is dragging it up, guess what? That means that our market is increasing. Right. It's not it, realtors. Realtors are basing their listing price based on comparable exactly. sales. And we have access to the sales yeah. and we just want to get it done as easily for them as possible too. So right. it's our job to give them what the market's yeah. worth. And right. just because market. an appraisal comes in low doesn't mean you're overpaying for a property. I've had properties close that you know, the one that didn't appraise. And, you know, three weeks later, it closed at 619. And then three weeks later, there was a comparable for 800,000. So I actually reached back out to my buyer. We already closed and everything. And I'm like, look, you have equity already yeah. in your property. Yeah. yeah so, they could refinance if something yeah, really happened. Exactly. It just wasn't the right comp yeah, at right. that time. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, this is this is a great big game, you know, yeah. and we have to play by the rules and, and it can be super hard. Yeah. yeah. But also just hearing that, that you think it's about 5%, that's got to make people feel a little bit better that are listening. So it's good to know all of this, but as long as all agents are doing their job, their job. you're probably going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. We've had we've had a few of those, like, like you said, those punch in the guts where Oof. it happens and yeah. you, everyone's expecting it to appraise and it doesn't, but... Yeah. Yeah. We have, we have some options It doesn't there. feel good, but it, I feel like it always works itself out. It does. Not always. There's always like that couple transactions that you lose sleep over, but it always works out. Yeah. And you know, sometimes those ones that make you lose sleep too, they, you know, you find out a little bit later, it really should not have happened. Or they're like, oh my gosh, we found a better house. It was, we're glad that's in the past. Yeah. Or, you know, we got a call and we need to move cross country and it never would have worked anyways. And this would have been dreadful. We would have had to pay capital gains or whatever, whatever. And, you know, your guys' job, you guys have jobs for your, for your sellers and you have jobs for your buyers, for your sellers. Your job is to get them the most money possible. Yeah. That's your job. If their house could have sold for seven hundred and and you only sold it for six hundred, you know you're gonna feel like crap. I mean, why would you do that? Right, that, exactly. that doesn't even make any yeah. sense that you would yeah. do that. You're gonna try to get them the highest offer. They're gonna try to get them the most money. That's why you're representing them. You're gonna so, lose them. I mean, there's just it's down around. Yeah, hole. and yep. you know that's unfortunately how a lot of realtors are getting listings is because they're coming in and be like, well, I can get seven fifty for <laughs> it, and you're like, <laughs> and you're like, I started uh, that way no. back in Portland, and that was back in like the recession days. And I just wanted to make them feel good. And I was just like, oh, yeah, let's try it. And that's actually, I was went to a NAR conference, National National Association of Realtors Conference. And one person there was saying, you have to be honest, you have to be honest. I'm like, well, yeah, of course. But then she said that starts with telling them what their home is worth and what it's actually worth because yeah. they will respect you in the end. And I just look back starting my career, how I did do that. And I'm like, yes, that's actually where. And then the other angst and terrible stuff, the mean phone calls, why isn't my house selling? If you're honest from the beginning about what it's actually worth, it's going to be an easier transaction for the rest of the transaction. And that can be hard because sellers like down the street, you know, they they sold for, they (laughs) sold, they sold for 700 and my yard's bigger and, you know, I have granite. So I should be able to sell mine for 800. And you're like, you know, honestly, at the end of the day, that little bit is probably only going right. to make like maybe a five, right. $10,000 like, shelves. Like, uh, yeah. And you have to be on the same page. Like I think at the end of the day, for me as a buyer's agent, listing agent, whatever the, this case may be, 
I have to be in collaboration with my clients. And if I bring them a value and they're like, no, we think it's worth a million dollars more. I'm like, listen, I'll list your house for a million dollars more. But there has to be some respect that I'm doing my job and doing my job correctly. And if it doesn't sell for that million dollars for more price, then let's have a price reduction to what I think it's worth. That's exactly what I do. I say, okay, well, let's give it two weeks. Yeah. And we'll evaluate the activity. Doesn't necessarily have to be an offer, but if we're not getting showings and if my phone's not ringing with this price, then because I spent a lot of money to get this listing and to market it, we're doing a price reduction to what I want to list it at. Do you guys feel like you, when you're pricing a home, do you feel like you try to get it inside like certain different search windows? Actually, so uh, what I'm doing now for all of my, and it's been working for my last six listings, I tell them what their home is worth. And then I tell them I want to go roughly like 10 grand below that. And, and I'm like, it's really, really hard to do. I know you want to like shoot for the moon right now because the market's so hot. But when we price it at market value or a little bit below, that's when we're getting that literally 11% above asking. Because our number one thing is just to get as many people through the home as possible, get eyes on it. And then the psychology of, oh, all these other people want it. And they're getting all this traction and just seeing it once they're in it, they're going to fall in love. Yeah. And that's been working really, really well. I love that. And when we pull comps, we don't pull comps and go, okay, your house is worth four fifty eight ninety two right, 20 right, cents. Right, right. You know, there's a, a low end, a middle and then a high end. And I agree. If you go shoot for the stars at the high end, you're just not going to have as much action. If people feel like they're getting a good deal, then yeah. they're willing to spend more exactly. money. Exactly. For sure. So, and like, for sure. There's psychology behind it. The, um, like if we give them a window, it to- if you're in a neighborhood and like a pretty boxy neighborhood, it's really easy to get really what the home is worth. Yeah. Something with like acreage and has like guest house and stuff. That's where it's more of the window. Yeah. 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 It's hard. But do you think like if, if you think the property is worth, you know, a million five hundred, something like that. Do you think that you're going to have more traction if you price it underneath that million dollar mark? Just because when people go to Zillow or whatever to search, they're searching up to a million. There's definitely brackets. Yeah. Yeah. So the brackets. Yeah. 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 I I really believe in brackets. I really believe like, you know, $500,000 and over. Well, if we list it at 499,000, there's just going to be a different bracket of buyers. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Definitely. Yeah. Well, this is so fun. So educational. Colleen, you're a powerhouse. You're a powerhouse. (laughs) You did so much. It was really, really informative. Thank you for joining us today. Tune in next week for another episode of Leading Ladies of Montana Real Estate.